0: Welcome back to Pixel Pals. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and with me today is Casey McGeorge. How are you, Casey? How is it going, everybody? Good, good. Glad to be back. We had the awards this past week, but before we get to any of that information and uh, all that stuff, uh, Halo came out, and... You have been playing it, so I want to get your thoughts on it. I've not played a Halo game since what was after three ODST. Um, Uh, I think so, yeah. So I've played ODST and I played Halo like two and three and one, I guess, but uh, haven't kept up with it after it moved from Bungie to like 343. So, yeah, yeah, I want to get your thoughts on how uh, how Halo's been. I've heard a lot of good things, so I would want to get your thoughts.
1: Sure. So this will be, uh, there'll be no spoilers in this. Um, I'm not done with the game anyway, but this will be a spoiler free. Um, And then as well, this will be centered on the campaign. Um, I think we talked last week. I don't do a lot of online multiplayer, uh, mainly because I suck at it, especially when it comes to shooters and stuff. I'm not very good. Um, so I I can't really offer a lot of interaction as far as the multiplayer goes. I may take a dive into it a little bit later, but for now I'm just more looking at single player. Um, this is actually a fantastic game. So it is an open world Halo, which right there, a lot of people might be turned off by open world games because a lot of them are pretty much a lot of the same things. The maps are really big for no reason. There's a lot of silly like side quests and missions or especially if you if you do like Ubisoft games, Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, there's just a ton of things all over the map and then you're running around doing silly fetch quests and they got you doing these silly things all over the place and sometimes it seems like it just, they pad it out just to fill time. Um, I'll say your first hour or so is not open world. It is similar to your old school Halo, where you're, you know, it's very linear and you're kind of forced to go certain directions, blah, blah, blah. But once you get into the world that opens up, uh, it is really fun. Um, There's no fetch quests. Um, As I was listening to an IGN podcast earlier, they said it the best way. Uh, You don't send Master Chief on a fetch quest. Um, That just, it's Master Chief. He doesn't do fetch quests, like. He is who he is, right? Cool. But uh there's a lot of different things. There's there's to do. Um, there's bases to capture. Once you capture those bases, that allows you to have different spawn points all over the map where you can go back to. You can re-up your, your weapon, change your loadout, pull in a different vehicle here, there, do this, that. Um, they have targets all over the map where you can, as far as, you know, high-value target where it gives you this thing for a guy and it tells you where he is but then you have to go fight him and uh, when you're going to fight these guys it's not easy because um, once again from IGN podcast earlier I listened to most of the stuff was always typically flat a lot of times you might be fighting uphill to get to these high value targets and as you're fighting uphill they are very well guarded so it's not just like oh there's a couple of grunts maybe one other dude and then you have like this little mini boss fight. It's nothing like that. Like you're gonna spend, you know, a few minutes trying to uh go through. You might even spend a couple of lives trying to go through and, and, and come up with different strategies as far as like, hey, this is uh this is where I need to go. Let me try this. Oh, that failed miserably. Let me uh I mean let me go back to the books and try it again. Um it, it gives you a lot of different ways. There's some people like me who just kinda like especially the first time you're going into like a a base. I'm just going to run in there and gun it and see what's in there. And a lot of times I don't last very long running in and gunning. But then it gives me a chance to say, okay, uh, that didn't work. Let me see what else there is. Let me me see if there's another way in. Uh, I did one earlier. Uh, I tried to go into this base. It's got high walls around it. And I tried climbing the walls and getting over. Because once you get over, then you can open up the gate, let your other Marines in, they can help you out. Uh, I got killed both times before I was able to do that. So finally, after like the third or fourth time, I was like, man, let me see if there's a side entrance, a back door. And then I found this this little cave. I went through the cave. And there was a collectible in the cave. Cool. And then I got to the other side of the cave and it led me to the top of this uh, base where all of a sudden I was basically on top of the base and I, it, it was like a circular base and I was able to... I had... Uh, you know, I was able from the high ground and I was able to use that and it was great. Uh, but it took me a while to figure that one out. Um, the vehicles are, are pretty good. Uh, the driving mechanics, it is what it is. It's Halo. It's not a, it's not a racing game or a driving game. Um, but there's a lot to do and it's actually really fun. It's not just go down this path and you're going to go down this path and then Eventually, you'll get to somewhere at the end of this path where you go to another level. Um, it's, it's, you can go wherever you want. There's there's no leveling, so it's not like you're a Master Chief level 7. Well, like with Ubisoft games and then you see, oh, I got to be a level 10 to get this one. So let me do a little grind over here to, to work my way up and then get back there. Yeah, it's nothing like that. Um, you have a lot of different things. There's a uh, You basically have a grappling hook, so there's a grapple shot now. And there's a lot of different things you can do with this grappling hook that's connected to you. Um, and, and there's a few other things that you get that can, depending how you want to do it, can change uh, how you look at different levels or the different bases. Um, and it's it, it's really fun. You can definitely spend 20, 30 minutes or an hour or so on one of the bosses in, in different areas. Like Once again, it's not quick. You're going to spend some time i uh, probably going to die quite a few times. And I'm only playing it on normal. Once again, uh, I'm not not one of these guys who plays it on the harder difficulty levels. I start off at normal. Then I tell myself later I'll go back and play it at a higher difficulty level. And then I never do. Um, but uh, overall, I'm really enjoying it. It was definitely worth it. Um, apparently, this is going to be... Uh, from different interviews, the developers at 343 have said over the last year... Uh, It's kind of going to be like a Fortnite or a uh, Destiny in a way of they're going to continue to keep adding uh, stuff to it. So it's not necessarily going to be... This one's called Halo Infinite, obviously, so it's not like you're going to get Halo another title like three years from now. Apparently, this allows them to add other lands and other bases and various things that maybe... They can do smaller chunks of stuff over time instead of taking six years to develop a new game. It's and usually they get... what
0: they call games as a service. Yeah, yeah. it is a games yeah. as a
1: service. Um uh the like I said last week, the multiplayer is free. Um, so anybody can hop on. As of right now, I don't know if it's going to change. Uh there are microtransactions, but it's all for cosmetic stuff. There's from what I've seen, there's I've taking a dip into it just to look around and see there's nothing in there as far as anything that's going to help you do better against other players. It's just different types of armor or different colors of armor or different armor pieces or different decals to put on your, your vehicles or your gun, different colors of armor, stuff like that. So it's not like one of these where, Oh, we can pay and you can get stronger faster. Um, But I'm definitely enjoying it so far. And I'm looking forward to not only finishing it, but seeing what they came out with, what they come out with later on. Um, I enjoyed, say, what was it? Uh, The Division, Division 2. Same thing. They came out with uh, expansions and other parts over the last few years for both of them. Um, And for me, it was something I really enjoyed. And I can definitely see Halo doing the same thing and adding to the lore and story and everything else.
0: Interesting. I didn't know. I didn't know all of that stuff about it. Um, I didn't really follow too much of the run-up to uh, to it. So I, I am interested to see how it continues. Um,
1: it is available on Game Pass as well for free.
0: Oh, there you go. I know that so, they've done a lot of games on Game Pass recently
1: too. Yeah, especially for a Microsoft Studios' game. Um, it is available for free from day one on Game Pass. So, if if you have Game Pass either on your Xbox, either the Series X or the One X or the Xbox One, or you have Game Pass on PC, um, it is there for free. So, you can check it out and maybe just take a peek if you like it. Great. If not, you know what? Hey, it's not really costing you anything. You're not blowing 60, 70 bucks to see and, and you don't have to worry about that.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll see how it continues because I know Destiny was supposed to be that way, and then they came out with the Destiny 2 anyway. So we'll see if, uh, if they stick with it and say that they're you know, uh, that this truly is, I guess, infinite now, for, now, for the time being.
1: I, I didn't play Destiny at all, so correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, didn't they come out with Destiny 2 because there were issues with Destiny? So basically, instead of trying to fix it, they kind of fixed it but came out with a different version in order to, to get those fixes and apparently well
0: they couldn't really move anything over like from what from what i had known from people that played destiny because i haven't is you know that they were sold this idea of oh your your stuff is always going to be there each time we do it you know you'll you'll have those weapons you'll have those armors you'll have your titles or whatever or other collectibles and then when they came out Destiny 2, eventually, which was only a few years later, I think, that they, uh, you know, none of that stuff transferred. Um, so a lot of people felt kind of um, misled in that regard. I'm not sure on the reason why they did come out that maybe it was to fix stuff. I'm not too well versed in it, but I just know some people that played Destiny that felt and some of them did not continue with Destiny 2 then because they felt like they would have to start over, you know, um, which can be frustrating for people, if you know, especially if you put like, money into the game. And then if you had to start over, some people, that's a deal breaker. Um, so it's just interesting. I guess we'll see how how they continue going. But uh, that's what Casey was doing on his time. What day did that game come out?
1: That came out on the 11th, I believe. 11th or 12th? Um, well, today's the
0: 11th or 12th. So
1: it came out Wednesday. maybe Friday. No, maybe it was a Wednesday. Friday? I think it was a Wednesday. Oh okay. Ordered it from Best Buy and then went to go pick it up. It was Wednesday or Thursday. I pre-ordered from Best Buy, went to go pick it up. So the um, eighth or 9th? somewhere around there. Yeah, uh, I, um, I I got the physical uh, version of it. Um, I'm occasionally I, I get digital downloads, but I prefer the uh, physical version just in case I'm, for some whatever reason I'm offline, um, I can still play. Uh, but I went picked it up, came back. Um, it did. Uh, I, I I didn't play it right away. Uh, I was kind of doing some other stuff and just relaxing, and then eventually I, I, I installed it. The install actually didn't take long. I think it only took forty five minutes. Um, part of that could be my internet because there was a patch as well. Um, part of that is just what, what? Why are we installing games on consoles now? And they take an hour or two or whatever to download. But that's just. That's just me. I, I don't know. Um,
0: yeah, so it came out the 8th is what I see here. I just Googled it.
1: Just like uh, there's, there's a – like I think the next uh, Assassin's Creed update is going to make you basically reinstall the entire game, which is like 100-some gigabytes. Um, that's a whole other sub, subject. Um, but once I <laughs> I started it yesterday, and once I started it, honestly, I haven't wanted to mm. put it down. I played till about 2 or 3 in the morning. Uh, got up watched the episode of cycle I ate breakfast and then uh, mm-hmm. until we got on here for the podcast I was playing it
0: nice yeah I uh let me talk about this a bit too I, so i I played the game this weekend as well but I had to make space for that in the matrix demo thing that they came out with and I have you, you know like a base model ps5 that came out so it's what maybe five hundred gigs, maybe that.
1: Uh, I think the the PS five. I think after, I think I think it's six hundred and sixty something gigs after the operating system, because for whatever reason it's it only starts off at like eight something. Uh, I want to say the Series X has a one terabyte, but then you can use like eight hundred some gigs after you know the operating system's uh, installed on top of it. But
0: so you know the bad thing is these games just take up so much space even on these new hardware where you know obviously it's I could only have I think I had to delete like two or three games to be able to get some of these things onto my system with enough space because I was because some of these games are like you know they'll range like some are at 30 like FIFA is at like 30 gigs and I still had FIFA 21 on there. So I deleted that because I have 22 now. So it was able to clear up 30 gigs that way. But then I had to delete a game that I wasn't playing right now. So that way, I guess whenever I play it again, I'm going to have to reinstall it. But it, it's kind of frustrating because I had uh, I have maybe like five or six games downloaded. And I'm like, it doesn't really allow me to have like the luxury of, you know, because even though I'm a physical person, usually like I'll go buy the physical copy and stuff, you still have to install it. It's you know like almost like back in the PC days where you have to get a game and install it, so it runs smoother. Um, so, and so that's frustrating.
1: Questions. So two questions for you before you yeah uh, before you, you you go on to what you were playing. Um, one is uh, do are you or do you plan on installing another drive in your PS5? probably whenever i get the money to do so um and second you don't play you don't, you said you don't play like modern warfare or anything right now because those be thankful because those literally take up like a hundred and something gigs um especially when you get like Warzone or the campaign and the multiplayer mm-hmm. it can it can take up like close to half your hard drive space um and then as you start downloading other maps and skins uh, a lot of that gets ridiculous um for me, this is one advantage I'll say that the the Series X and the Series S has over the PS5 is not just the little bit of extra space that it has, but basically it has like a memory card slot from Seagate on the back that come in one terabyte things. So all you do is just plug it in the back. Um, it's a little pricey, not going to lie, like it's not cheap. It's proprietary because Seagate is the only one that makes it. And it's, you know, but it's, author, it's also authorized by Xbox and, you know, has a little logo. So basically they say it's going to work with it. Good to go. And you plug it in the back. It still gives you the same speed. So you can actually even plug in your Series X games or download and, and play your Series X games off of that as well. Um, you still get the same speeds. Um, it still basically functions as uh, the hard drive in the system. It's compared to the PS5 where... Um, I also have like an external hard drive hooked up to my Xbox where I can, I can move stuff if I need to, but I can only play the new stuff off of either the internal or the memory card. Unlike PlayStation 5, where, uh, you have to basically take it apart. It's not hard. I've seen the videos. It's a couple snaps for the the side plates, some screws to install a solid state drive into it. But that seems to be like a lot of work to me. Um, some people are some people can do that, especially if they're if they do a lot of PC stuff and they're used to it. But think about like the average like eight year old who doesn't know. Then he might be relying on his mom or dad or someone like that to like do this. That that's that's a lot of work. That you can be wondering like, am I gonna break my console? And even people who I've heard who have done it have said like, man, I was really worried opening this up like somehow I was going to mess something up in this console. And then you can get a, a solid state drive with or without a heat sink. And there's all the kinds of stuff. I don't know. There's, to me, that's just one of the small advantages the, the Xbox has.
0: Yeah, I'll probably have to just end up, you know, I, I, the way I usually do it when I bounce around with this is... um just if I don't get external storage, but they're actually pretty cheap. I just found a five terabyte for one fifty four.
1: That's, that's really good. Okay. Is it like an, uh, an external hard drive or is it the, is it the style state drive you can put in to give extra storage to it?
0: I don't know. I searched external. So I, it doesn't really.
1: Because the, the one thing is you hear. can, I have an external one hooked up to my PS five as well. You can move stuff off of it and you can play PS4 games off of the external hard drive. You can't play PS5 games off of the external hard drive. It has to be installed on that internal hard drive mm-hmm. or you have to get uh, one of the style state drives that actually has, you know, that fits all the specs that can fit in the PS5. So like I have one hooked up to it and I have a bunch of I have a bunch of my old PS4 stuff like moved over there just so I can have the space. But
0: yeah, um, I mean, I think that would even help me a bit is having, cause like some of the games I've been playing have been like PS4 games. Um, cause this gen hasn't had a lot right now, really. I mean, like a lot of stuff was impacted by COVID and uh, all that kind of stuff. So it's been kind of rough for the you know first year of launch where I haven't bought that many PS5 ex- exclusive games. Um, Though I, I mean, I have some from Christmas. I still haven't gotten around to, and it's Christmas again. I really have to sit down and play some of these. But so, what I was playing this uh, weekend to stop complaining about storage space is uh, the Dark Pictures anthology, Man of Medan, which uh, is play uh, made by Supermassive Games. They also make uh, Until Dawn, which was a favorite of mine on PS4 and they have these what they call the dark picture anthology which is going to be eight games supposedly they all range usually around 20 to 30 bucks um they're short four to five hours game time but uh so this one i beat in four hours uh i did not get the ending i want it so i will have to replay and try to get all the collectibles and stuff and I think when they're shorter like that, I do have more of a motive to replay them. um, Because I, it's a lot easier to sit down for me for like four hours to replay a game than if it's like an 80 hour game and they're like, Oh, now replay the whole thing and get a different ending, (laughs) you know? Um, But I'm really, uh, I I really enjoyed it. I started playing little hope, which is the next one after that um, today. I think I'm about halfway through that one. Um, But pretty interesting. I I ended up having all but two of my characters die, I think. (laughs) They start with five. Uh, One of them was due to like a quick time event that I failed. And she died. Um, And then... One of them I made a bad decision, but I, I was kind of wanting to see what would happen and one of my characters died in the after the credits, actually, a little like end credit stinger where that character died and um, there's a moment where you can like send somebody to get onto a boat while they're getting robbed. like this uh, you're like on a fishing boat or a diving boat and then these fishermen come, at some point and they're trying to take over your ship and you can either try to have somebody run and get on their ship while they're on yours and like take off and try to get help or you can keep them with you and if you send them off um i don't want to say what happens but um probably something you, you wouldn't expect maybe happens but so that was uh that was a little a little difficult there i thought i made some good choices that ended up not you know, not being good choices, but overall it was fun. I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it had some good like jump scare moments. I'm not a big horror guy, but I do like these type of games, you know, with outcomes and um, they had, uh, they have this really cool character that's in all of the games so far called the curator I'm trying to figure out what his deal is, but he is kind of like, at times after a level or whatever, it'll go back to the curator and he will kind of give you clues or at least tell you how you're doing, you know, and kind of give you little hints. And he's got like this mysterious, you know, uh bit of about him uh, that makes him very interesting. And uh, he, he's in the second game, little hope they're really alluding to maybe that he's not the one in control of all of this, which I thought was very interesting. So um, I'm hoping maybe later tonight or whatever after this, I might try to finish Little Hope as well. And maybe can talk about that, you know, next time. But so far, there's been three of these games. And the next game that comes out in 2022 is supposed to be the end of what they're calling season one. Um, and I guess the next season would be the other four games that they had planned. And I guess if there are hits, they'll keep making them, I guess. But overall, really impressed with, I mean, the graphics are really great. And I think the, you know, the characters have been a lot of fun. Um, they get some, I mean, they, they get some actors in these with their, like Hayden Panettiere was in Until Dawn. And uh, so was uh, Cheyenne from Superstore. She was in Until Dawn as a face model of somebody and, and played the
1: character. Uh, real quick, did you see she's doing commercials for Las Vegas?
0: No, no, I haven't.
1: Yeah, she she was uh, she's doing commercials for like the Vegas Tourism Bureau or whatever, which is like, hey, get, get your money like not right in any right anyway. But um, yeah, I I think I saw that not too long after Superstore ended too. But um, now is this a is this like a point and click? Is this an action adventure game? What kind of what kind of game is this?
0: So uh I wouldn't say point and click because it's not like a computer game. Like so it's kind of like an exploring game. So like in this man of Medan, you're on uh, this old ship um, called the Medan that um, there's actual real rumors of like, it's almost really a ghost ship that people have been kind of passing stories along on, but you're um, you find this shipwreck and you, you get onto it and it starts playing with a lot of the characters minds. And, As you're going through, you're looking for clues about maybe what is actually happening. Um, And then a lot of the stuff is either like conversations, like, you know, a lot of the conversation stuff that can turn. Like, I guess there was one way where one of the bad guys that were hijacking our ship, he was starting to go crazy. And I guess you could help him somehow if you picked up the right stuff and if you had the right conversation with him. But I didn't have that, so he ended up killing himself because he was going crazy. Um. So that was interesting. And there's, like, what they also do is, like, there's pictures on the wall. And if you find, like, a painting on the wall of something, sometimes if you click to inspect it, it'll show you a premonition of what's going to happen if you do, like, a certain thing. It's like a quick 5 to 10 second flash of something that you can rewatch. You can rewatch as many times as you want, but... Um, to try to be like, okay, like I saw that guy shoot himself first in this premonition. And then when I got to that conversation, I was like, this must be where he kills himself. So I actually made sure he did because I didn't want, I I didn't know if he would be able to kind of get swayed to my side or not, which I guess he can apparently from what I was reading online. So I guess there's different ways you can kind of do it it's a lot of quick time event type stuff. It's not like a lot of kind of like the telltale games. If you ever played like telltale Batman or walking dead, kind of very similar with how they have it. But uh, the conversations um, can have effects as well. Like, uh, you know, um, and what they call these things, they have like a compass. They have like eight compasses on the menu that you can look at that what when you come across something and if you interact a certain way with it, it'll say like "Uh, like your bearing got changed, you know? And then you can look to see like what, where you're heading with that track pretty much. Like you found this thing, you left this thing there instead of taking it with you. You know, if you take it with you, it might do something else. Like at one point there's like a rebreather thing for like scuba diving. And if I would have taken that, Apparently, I could have got the guy to not kill himself, and he could have, uh, you know, we could have done something else. So uh, there, there's interesting stuff with that. But so far, I'm actually enjoying Little Hope a lot more than Man of Medan. But you can also play with other players. Uh, unlike Until Dawn, you can actually play with other players where you play online and they would each take over a different character, I guess. And when you're going through this, whatever their choices make, then you're kind of stuck with their choices and you have to vote and stuff like that. Um, so it's overall very interesting. I haven't done any of the online stuff yet because these games are like about two years old. So I'm not sure if there'll be a lot of people playing at the same time I am, but uh, overall intro that I think the story has been really great. I'm a big story guy for these so it's been uh it's been fun
1: uh and and is that only available on pc or is that a console as well
0: uh i have it on ps4 so i've been playing on my ps5 it is on pc i think it might be on i'm not sure if it's on xbox or not because I know they're no longer exclusive of Sony, this, this company, so I'm not sure what consoles... Oh, it's on Xbox One, PS4, and Windows. Yeah. So they have three games so far. They have Man of Medan, Little Hope, House of Ashes. And the next game is called The Devil in Me.
1: Comes out 2022. I, I want to say I've heard I've heard of, Man of Medan before. I haven't played it or anything, but the name does sound familiar. So I I may have heard it or may have heard it on a podcast or something before.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. Um, just being able to, you know, at least with the shorter games, if I replay it, I can, um, you know, replay a game in like a four hour sitting or whatever. And it's like watching a movie over again or something, but with different, different scenes. And, Um, I mean, there's some levels I didn't even get to play because what happens is you you switch between the five characters. So when I sent that one on the boat to go get help, he's gone the rest of the game. But if I kept him with me, I would have certain chapters in the story where I'm playing as him. Um, And I missed all of that because I sent him on the boat. So next time I play, I'm going to keep him on the boat instead of having him go off. And we're going to see you know, what other stuff I missed. And then if I can try to save that, <laughs> save the girl that uh, got killed, unfortunately, then I that was like maybe halfway through the game. So I feel like she probably had some more stuff that I totally missed on. Um And the achievements that are on this game, like the trophies and stuff are like, you know, finish a game with no characters. You can finish with none of them surviving. Uh, You can finish with all of them surviving. I got the achievement that that only the men survived. Um, That wasn't a plan. I'm not like sexist or anything. Uh, And then you can have one of only the women surviving. So I have to play this at least like four times to try to get all these achievements. Um, And you can also go to certain chapters over again, Like you can kind of scene select as well to try to find some of these uh, premonitions or um, collectibles that you have to get.
1: So, you brought up uh, your trophies for it. Uh, I'll say I've never been able to platinum uh, a game on PlayStation. Um, I think I probably might be able to if I would have done, like, if I did Miles Morales or one of the Spider-Man games. Apparently, those are a little easier than anything else. Um, Or if I just dug in and tried to do, uh, what's the robot game that comes with it? Um,
0: Astro's Playroom. I've, I've platinumed that. That was my first platinum.
1: Yeah, I heard that's another really, really easy one. Um, and I know they're never going to do this, but hey, video game makers, look, trophies, achievements, and those things are all cool, and I like them. And you get you get a little sense of pride. But hey, can we not put some of the stuff behind multiplayer things? Mm-hmm. Like, can we have, a, like, maybe a whole separate platinum for a multiplayer for uh, a platinum for multiplayer achievements or multiplayer trophies? And then maybe a platinum for single-player trophies. Because there's a lot of games some of us just don't want to play multiplayer on. And then I got... Either I'm just never going to get all the achievements or trophies. Or then I got to sit there. And then some of them are just utterly ridiculous. Like, if you look at some of the game of uh, Gears of War trophies or uh, achievements from... I mean, some of them have like 10,000 kills. Some of them have had things where it's like you got to be number one ranked in the world. Like, really? Mm. Like, no, no, you know or kill the person, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's a little frustrating sometimes. Can we just, can we keep some of it fairly simple? That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I mean, this one does have, um, this one does have, like, uh, achievements for, like, doing multiplayer, like, playing with friends and stuff on it. Um, So I'll have to see if I can get people to play with me on that. But other than that, I think I should be able to get all of them pretty easily um, just from replaying. So hopefully
1: I don't even mind ones for replaying and maybe going through a playthrough, you know, as a good or evil, right. Or right. Like getting different endings, like those are cool. But like I said, can we not have like ridiculously stupid ones of 20,000 kills in multiplayer or being number one ranked in the world? or just various things in multiplayer, because it's just, I don't know, it's just me. It, it can't. I know it's not just me out there who likes some of these, but it's just not fun because you realize you'll never get old.
0: Yeah, you know, there's some that, like, when I, like, I've I played, what, FIFA 21 for about a year, and I have, like, I think three trophies for it, because some of them were like, you have to go online and, or you have to do this stuff with like FIFA ultimate team. And I kind of hate that stuff. So I got like score goal from a free kick and I've jump into a SIM match in career mode and attend a pre-match and post-match press conference. You know, like I got stuff. Some of them are difficult. Or like you said, when you're going online, it might be like get 50 headshots or whatever. So I don't have time for that. I don't, <laughs> but um yeah, so hopefully I'll have some more to um uh hopefully I'll have more to report uh next time here. But uh other than that, I guess we can get started on the actual Game Award news. So we're gonna lead off here with the winners of the categories here. Um I I did watch a little bit of uh i did guess a little i did catch a little bit of this um like the actual award show while i was waiting for my wife to do something uh was it on
1: tv was it streaming? youtube
0: it was like youtube and twitch oh. and all that kind of stuff because
1: uh, i i mean you know this and I've, I've talked about it before on other podcasts i don't have cable or anything so i haven't had cable i've cut the cord 10 15 years ago at this point honestly um, I just rely on a couple of streaming services and online right now for all my stuff, uh, which Jesus. Um, sorry which uh, which is a little frustrating at times, but it's getting better because now there's actually stuff I can watch online or through streaming so I couldn't before. but honestly, I've never really been into award show, so I don't know I don't know if I would ever watch an actual award show for video games like it's it's a little more difficult to watch. It's difficult for me to watch an award show in general. Um, the last one I watched must have been the VMAs 10, 15 years ago. Maybe more than that. Mm. Um, I'm talking like early 2000s VMAs with like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and various things. Um, that's the last award show i probably watched that I would have even bothered to care to watch at all. So I don't know. So,
0: Yeah, this was, uh, by the time I was watching it, it was a lot of just, um, it was just a lot of, like, world premiere stuff at that point. They they were showing a lot of trailers and announcements. I only saw maybe actual three. um,
1: Awards given out?
0: Yeah, (laughs) maybe that was it. And I watched it for maybe like an hour or so, actually, because I was waiting for my wife to come up before we started watching one of the Spider-Man movies um, as we're getting ready for that. So I was, you know, just having it on. I got to see like the Sonic movie trailer. I got to see a few things that I don't recall, like the Sonic game that they were coming out with as well. But um, yeah, I mean, it's all right. I mean, some of this stuff is kind of, uh, it was kind of odd, but I, I know I've watched like maybe two years ago. I watched Game Game Awards because I was waiting for some sort of reveals and stuff. And it, it's not really like a great, um, it's not a great award show. <laughs> I mean, it's okay.
1: From what I gather, people are people are saying that uh, Jeff Keeley's trying to turn it more into an an E three type thing where mm-hmm. it's more about the reveals and the various other things that people get to see. Um, I know, in all fairness, like who really knows who does voting on any of these award shows in general? Um, like take the Heisman for example. Like I think there's 900 some votes out there for Heisman, including some people who probably shouldn't have a Heisman vote at all. And then Nissan gets together and does an online thing, and one vote out of those 900 goes to the fans for the Heisman makes no sense. Mm. But sure, whatever. Um I, I just uh, it, it I mean there's there's no real so like with with television and movies, you have the you have various academies. Uh Academy of Motion Picture and Television and all these other things, Critics Choice Awards, various other organizations that are in charge and and have their own voting blocks set up. Um I don't know who does any of the voting for the VGAs. I'm sure some of your things like IGN or some of your major things like that might have a vote, but I don't know how transparent it is. I, I'm not going to say anything's rigged because I know nothing about it, but who's to say like how who, – who knows what goes on into it is what I'm saying.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: So, so – Go ahead. I, I was going to say I'd like, I'd like maybe a, a little bit more of uh, – if, the, if there is going to be one like that, maybe... Like, I like the idea of the end of the year. This time of year is is, is good for it. But to me, there should be, like, a set number of of a set number of panels. People should know who are on these panels or whatever that are voting for it. Um, and it should kind of be taken seriously. Um, I don't even necessarily mind having reveals of trailers or things with it. But I think they could just do a little bit better job of
0: it. Well, I think it's gonna grow. I mean, when I looked at a history of what's been revealed at a game game awards, like to be honest, there hasn't been a lot revealed at these awards in the past. So the fact that I think like this year probably had the most reveals, and I'm assuming it's just gonna grow every year to where it is, like where where we'll look at it and think, okay, they actually had some big games revealed this time because they didn't have super much this time. I mean, they, they they well they had some big stuff. They did. Um, sure. You may not like it, case, but they had big franchises revealed here that are going to you know uh, that make a difference. Now, some of the bad thing is with the way games are revealed, some of these games are you know three four.
1: 5 years away. Um unfortunately I think as well too uh E3's pretty much kind of dead at this point. Mm-hmm. Um you know the last there wasn't one last year obviously because of the pandemic. They tried to do a digital only one this year, but they were still charging uh the ESA was still trying to charge prices as if they were actually having a physical booth in downtown los angeles for e3 so it was like 20 grand or something for you know and the last couple years have shown that sony and microsoft nintendo and these other companies can just say hey we can do reveals online on our own and get just as much traffic and we don't have to pay ridiculous amounts of money um but i think something like this might be better if it um, if they can just do something with it, I think I think uh, something like this wouldn't be bad.
0: hmm Well, let's talk some of the awards first here. We had Game of the Year It Takes Two. <sighs> which may be a surprise winner. Um, I do want to play this game though, because like my wife, like I said, had a really fun time with AstroBot, and I've heard some good out about this game. So I think maybe that'd be a fun game for me and her to play together. At so some point.
1: F- from a lot of people who've played it, I've heard they have had fun with it. Um, it is a, an enjoyable game. Um, I've never played it. So I can't really, I guess I can't really say, eh, but so there, there wasn't a lot of heavy hitters released this year. Not like, what was it? 2018 where you had God of war and you had, like, these massive games where uh, you were looking at, like, who's going to win game of the year. And it was, I think that was the year it was like, God Award, Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, there were these massive games that were just phenomenal that, that were released that year. Um, this year, obviously, because of conditions that we can't control, uh, a lot of stuff's been delayed. And delayed again, delayed even more so. um It wasn't a huge, like, a heavy hitters list. Um, But, uh, so we had, so for this one, you had Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. It Takes Two over those? Like, okay, I guess. Um, I know Psychonauts has a big fan base, and people were happy when that came back. Ratchet and Clank was got nothing but like massive reviews, and it's up for a lot of Game of the Year stuff. Uh, Death Loop was different people had different opinions, but it's also up for a lot of Game of the Year stuff. Same thing with Metroid Dread, but that's why I don't get the it takes two. But once again, that's just me. I also can't really say because I never played it. So yeah, yeah. I, I just from like
0: the way I was scrolling on like throughout the year, I was thinking like Deathloop would win this because of the way people talked about it. But I'm actually glad like, uh, I mean, he's light is the company that made it takes Two, um, published by electronic arts, but they have made two games. So I, I like the fact that, you know, this kind of smaller publisher was able to win it. They've made a way out, which was another co-op game. Um, and, uh, it Takes Two. So uh, both very different art styles, uh, both kind of based around, you know, being able to play either couch co-op or online co-op. Um, it, also, I would just want to say, <laughs> this is kind of stupid with... they, So Hazelight Studios tried to file a trademark for It Takes Two, but Take Two Interactive, the game company, filed a trademark complaint arguing it's too close to their trademark, which is just stupid.
1: Take I, Two I Interactive is.
0: is nothing close to it takes two, and it's, it's
1: it. One's a game and one's a studio. It's not even close. So, yes, but no. So part of that is and the way it was explained to me before, and and this comes from a wrestling podcast. But it, it had to do with trademarks there. It, it You can file a trademark infringement thing if you believe it can cause confusion in the marketplace. Now, with them both being video game companies, or one's a video game company, one's a video game, I don't know how many people would be trying to look up Take-Two Interactive, but they had a right, and I, I people may say it's flimsy, but I can understand them saying hey like people may be trying to look us up and get them and vice versa like I, this is one of those things where it, it, it sounds silly but when i try and just take a step back and look at it objectively like yeah i can kind of get that one yeah it's still stupid um <laughs> look the world wildlife federation filed lawsuits in the u.s for years wasn't able to make it work they they filed a lawsuit overseas in England, and that's why it was changed from WWF to WWE because mm-hmm. they won a lawsuit in England. Because according to them, people were confusing the World Wrestling Federation with World Wrestling with the World Wildlife Fund. How much of that was happening, I don't know, but it, it can I can see it, I can see it being okay. You know what? That's fairly legit. Um
0: best game direction was Deathloop. So that's outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. Um so that one over It Takes Two, Returnal, Psychonauts, and Ratchet and Clank.
1: And from, from having played Deathloop, I will say the the aspect of of basically Groundhog's Day over and over again. But sometimes you get to restart with some things and get to keep it. Um, There's been a lot of. There's been a few time loop games this year. Haven't played them all. I have played Death Loop, and I think it did a really good job. And various things that are in that. um, I I think it was. I think it was outstanding. So I can. I can get behind that.
0: Best narrative. This one shocked me. Actually, I saw this. This is one of the ones I saw given out. Uh, and my wife said, who do you think is going to win? And I said, I think Life is Strange, True Colors is going to win. Because Life is Strange, you know, the first game anyway that I played had really great narrative. So I felt like that they've continued that. I don't know. But uh, it, it was Deathloop, It Takes Two, Life is Strange, True Colors, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy and Psychonauts 2 and Guardians of the Galaxy one. And I thought that was very shocking. Um, I did ask for this for Christmas, so I guess I'll be able to see uh, if it does have the best narrative, hopefully, if I I do receive this for Christmas.
1: Uh, But I have
0: heard good things. I I mean, this was a a lot of people were very down on this game until it came out, and then they were like, wow, this is actually good. So um, it must have won some sort of points over for people.
1: So same thing. Uh, I have heard good things about this game. I haven't played it. Uh, I'm not really interested in playing it. Um, So I think I'm going to skip that one. But somebody did bring up a good point on a podcast I listened to. uh, Said, okay. And he wasn't knocking it. He did say it was a good game. But his thought was, is it a good game because it's a good game? Or is it a good game because Avengers was so bad and so badly reviewed and people were so down on it that this kind of shocked people when it came out? that it maybe tilted their opinion and changed their their opinion in favor of it. Now, not to say, once again, he did say he enjoyed it, but he was like, had this came out before Avengers, would it have been as good of a game? Or would it have been reviewed as well?
0: I think it probably would have. I think a lot of people... I'd say I think a lot of the not-media-type people probably have no idea this is made by the same people as Avengers. They probably have no clue. They're probably just like, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I like the movie. I'll play this game, whatever. Um, And I think a lot of those people have really enjoyed this. So I do think, you know, for people that are in the know of video games and stuff, I could see that argument maybe. But I think the fact that it won best narrative and not like game of the year or anything, I think shows that it probably does have a strong narrative that is putting together and not just a palette cleanser for Avengers. Yeah. And I uh, thought Avengers was actually good. I mean, I played the story mode. I thought the story mode of Avengers was good. It's more of like the, the other things that are not so great. The games of the service part for Avengers.
1: I, I think for me, the biggest thing with either of these is it's, it's just way too late. Um, Avengers came out two, three years after Endgame. you know, uh, one came out 2020 when did when did when did Endgame come out was it 2019? 2019 but it still came out after Endgame um, you know and Endgame was this culmination of like 12 years of stuff I think maybe had it came out obviously had there been some different with the game but had it came out while before Endgame or just with, with a lot more time on it instead of after where people might have had fatigue on the whole thing with Avengers, it might it could have been received differently. Uh same thing with this. Like there's this huge gap between Guardians of the Galaxy two and three and we still have at least another year, if not more, um, before we get another Guardians of the Galaxy. May of
0: twenty twenty three, yeah.
1: So I mean, once again I'm not saying it's a bad game, but I think stuff like that, just timing on those games might have had a lot to do with it too. That they, they might have been considered better or something had they been pushed for.
0: Um, I'm not sure. I I do think Avengers came out at an okay time. I, I think the issue is just people were very down on what happened is Avengers came out at a time where people are kind of fed up with this games of a service thing, you know, where they're, um, kind of fed up with microtransactions or having ridiculous costs for costumes and all this kind of stuff that, that Avengers does have i think like the actual from what i always read from people that have played the story mode as well is that the story mode was enjoyable short enjoyable and then it's the multiplayer aspect that a lot of people don't like and i was like well i'm not really gonna play the multiplayer anyway so i didn't have i mean so i think if you didn't have as much of like the microtransactions and gave costumes like like the spider-man game gives costumes out you know you just buy collecting collectibles and stuff and not yeah. having to pay like the equivalent of probably like 10 bucks a costume or you can save up your stuff
1: from doing raids or whatever i think i saw online it, it the amount it would cost to uh, buy all the stuff in avengers and it was ridiculous
0: mhm i think that's the main complaint i always see from people about it is that and then like the online stuff so i i do think if the game released like guardians of the galaxy did where it didn't have a lot of that stuff i think people would probably have really
1: looked at that a lot better um three thousand three hundred seventeen dollars and fifty cents that's crazy um i think also uh i heard one thing i heard too was the repetition um that it just, it got really, really repetitive um, over time. Yeah. Um, up next, we have Best Art Direction. for Outstanding, creative, and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. Um, the winner I, was definitely. Yeah,
0: I saw this given out as well. And I actually, uh, I, after playing not any of these, but seeing clips of all these games. So, you know, I'm not very really coming from a... Knowledgeable base, I guess. I really liked the look of the artful escape when it came up on the screen. I, I thought that may have had a chance, but uh, Deathloop was the one to win that.
1: Um, the only I, I saw stuff from Psychonauts, Ratchet and Clank, and obviously Deathloop because I played it. Um, so I can't speak to the other ones, but I did like the art design in Deathloop. Um, best score/slash music for outstanding music inclusive of score. Original song and/or licensed soundtrack. Near replicant. uh I'm just gonna say near replicant because there's like 56 numbers. Version everywhere. one
0: point two two four
1: seven four four eight seven one three nine. Okay, first of all, people who make near replicant—that's way too long of a title. Okay, if you're gonna put—and I know it's not the case—but if you're gonna put pie on a box cover, okay, that's just ridiculous.
0: I thought it was gonna be like, um, I thought that was just like the actual like software number, like the version number, you know. But that's the real name. That's
1: I, I honestly, I thought this one would have either gone to Guardians of the Galaxy because um, anyone who's seen the movies knows Peter Quill is still kind of stuck in the eighties and has these mixtapes and various things, and they've had great soundtracks in those movies and things. Mm-hmm. Um, or Cyberpunk because Cyberpunk is a good game. Uh, regardless of the issues it has had. And the music and soundtrack definitely fits that game uh, really well. So I I thought that could have, I thought maybe that was a chance for uh, CD Projekt Red to actually come away with Cyberpunk with something positive out of it. But um, I don't know. Uh, I I can't really speak to any of the other ones, especially near-replicant version pie. I don't know. Uh, Best audio design recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design um winner was forza horizon 5 uh so not a shock no uh, apparently the forza games are done really well so one thing i will say which i never thought i would get into is i'm actually starting to play games with headphones now Mm -hmm. um uh, as I said last week, I'm lucky I have both a PS5 and a Series X. And I have both the Microsoft uh, wireless headset and I got the PS5 wireless headset. Um, two reasons. One, uh, I live in an apartment. And I do have a nice surround sound system. But I live in an apartment. So I don't want my neighbors calling the cops on me every other day. Two, it becomes hard because you, especially if you got a right, the system set up the right way, You can turn it down enough to where the bass isn't going to disturb your neighbors, but then you can't necessarily hear what's going on on the screen. But then once you turn it up so you can hear what's actually going on on the screen, then the bass is too much, and then if you're in a house, it's not a big deal, but once again, I live in an apartment, and I live upstairs, so I have someone next to me and someone downstairs. So that obviously complicates things. Um... I never thought I would get into it because I heard, especially people who play multiplayer games, they do rely on them a lot. But as I started playing some of these games, I realized uh, not only just for this uh, small space I live in, but for the fact that uh, it does give me a chance to hear some things better. Mm -hmm. So I can hear things coming around me. I can use my sensory as far as like, am I hearing something on the right, left, you know, forward, backwards? Like, is someone trying to creep up on me? I'm hearing that better, and that's actually more enjoyable. So I'm starting, to, I'm starting to appreciate sound design in games more now that I'm actually hearing it in a more kind of closed-in space.
0: Yeah, I started using like I don't have like any special headphones. I used to just plug in headphones to like like these cheap five below headphones. Yeah, um, into my console when uh, when I was living at my parents' house still and my wife would sleep until like, you know, before we were married, sleep until like midnight, uh, sleep until like 12pm and I want to play video games, I'd be able to be like, pop those on and I could just sit there and play these games that I wanted to listen to, you know, where I actually have to listen to story or whatever with the headphones on and that was nice. Um, But now at home, I don't really do it that much unless if it's something that you know, a game... Like, if she was going to... She probably wouldn't be able to listen to any of these Dark Picture anthology games, so I'd probably have to pop those on. But I I found the list of soundtrack for Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not sure how this did not win. Okay? They have Blondie, Call Me on there. Blue Oyster Cult, Don't Fear the Reaper. Wang Chung, Everybody Have Fun Tonight. Tears for Fear, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Europe, The Final Countdown. Pat Benatar, hit me with your best shot. Bonnie Tyler, holding out for a hero. Flock of Seagulls, I ran. Um, Motley Crue, kickstart my heart. Uh, Rick Astley, never gonna give you up. Def Leppard, rock, rock till you drop. Aha, take on me. Soft cell, taint at love. love. Uh, Wham, wake me up before you go, go. Starship, we built this city. And even more than what I listed here. So... How did that not
1: win? <laughs> How did they afford all of those for for the game? Seriously, yeah. Like that is a massive list. And Some big songs. Those are pretty good games, but um, I I I just want to say, like I said, I started appreciating sound design more, um, especially depending on what kind of game you're playing. Um, like I said, the the, the PS5 version and the Xbox version, I think they're only a hundred bucks but they do come with surround sound like 5.1 or maybe 7.1. I think it's 5.1. And it worked really well. Uh, Give those a try. I I think you might enjoy those. And depending on the kind of game you play, it might it definitely might have uh, you might be able to get more out of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Up next, best performance awarded to an individual for voiceover acting, motion, and or performance capture maggie robertson resident evil village for lady d yeah
0: this was on this was the one that was on when i actually turned uh (laughs) when i turned the game i turned the show on this is the one that was being given out i'm not sure who she is i've never played resident evil um they don't really feel like they fit my style i guess um I'm actually surprised like Giancarlo didn't win just for his name, but maybe he didn't do as good of a job. I don't know. Uh,
1: I don't know. I haven't done it. I haven't. I didn't want to pick up Far Cry Six. She's a singer actress and voice actress. Um, but I I can, I can understand why because when Resident Evil Village or Resident Evil Eight, whatever Mm -hmm. you choose to call it was initially announced and the first trailers and things came out um and they showed me uh lady d uh there were many people all over the world who went very horny for lady d <laughs> um she's apparently like a 10 foot tall vampire lady that a lot of people really really had a thing for sure whatever floats your boat knock yourself out um the only bad thing I've heard was that she's not in the game as much as they would have liked. Um I don't know that's, that's interesting
0: just... then. So she won without being like a lot in it? That seems kind of weird.
1: Well, okay. Uh who was it? Um Silence of the Lambs. Uh Anthony Hopkins was only yes. in Silence of the Lambs for yeah. like nine minutes and got an Oscar out of it. So it can happen. Yeah,
0: interesting. Um, Games for Impact, a thought-provoking game with the pro-social meaning or message Life is Strange True Colors. Won that game. Uh, Won that award.
1: I've heard the first Life is Strange did have a lot of... uh, There was a lot going on with that one. I haven't had a chance to play it. Um, It's
0: good. Yeah, I really liked Life is Strange. I just haven't been able to play the second one or this one yet.
1: Let's see what best ongoing game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time um, this one I think could have went to just about any any of the of the people on the list Final Fantasy 14 Online um, and apparently that game initially I think started out not very good but has since evolved and people really love it now I think even as much as like it actually had to come down off a of PlayStation for a while because the servers weren't able to handle it. So it got really weird where it mm-hmm. wasn't available and it wasn't because it was a bad game or anything, but because uh the the servers just couldn't handle the amount of traffic it was getting, especially during the pandemic where everyone was staying at home playing games. Um Apex Legend, Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. Um I don't really play any of those except for Call of Duty a little bit. But, yeah, I could have seen just about any of those winning that one.
0: Yeah. Um, best indie game. So right up Casey's alley. For outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made out, uh, outside the traditional publisher system, at 12 Minutes, Death's Door, Kena, the Bridge of Spirits, Inscription, and Loop Hero, and Kena, Bridge of Spirits
1: was the winner. I wonder what twelve minutes is. That one, okay. That one is a time loop game. So apparently, that has some big name actors in it and actresses. Daisy Ridley plays in it. Uh, has a voice in it. Um, apparently, you you have to you play as this husband. Daisy Ridley plays your wife. James McAvoy know. is the guy. James McAvoy, yeah. <laughs> and and there's another big name that plays like a police officer or something in there. But you have to keep redoing this 12 minute loop over and over, until you figure out why what happens happens. William you, Defoe is the cop. Okay. Yeah. So, but like it's it's a 12 minute loop that just plays over and over, and eventually there's like death or whatever that happens. But you obviously you keep the memories of what's going on, but you can, as you go through more and more, you get to ask different questions or. Based on certain things, blah, blah, blah. So, um, that one, I want to say that one was very divisive, uh, simply because some people liked it. Some people didn't, especially as the story unfolded. Uh, that was some where people were on, it wasn't a mad game. It was either people were like, oh, this is a great game, or some people just were not happy with the game at all.
0: This sounds awesome, by the way. So I'm reading it now, and it's from the top down perspective. It's set in an apartment shared by McAvoy and Ridley. Uh, it has a main living area, a kitchen area, bedroom, a bathroom, and a closet. And you control the husband during the events in the style of a point and click adventure game. It's on all the systems, though. Um, over the course of the first 10 minutes, the husband learns his wife is pregnant. And then a cop is going to arrive and accuse the wife of murdering her father several years ago. So then what happens is the, the loop happens and now you have to try to prevent your wife from getting arrested um, and uh, and or killed or, you know, stop what's happening, but also trying to explore and figure out why the cop suspects this. And you're the only character that retains the knowledge of previous cycles um, and it says it is about the loop is really about 10 minutes in real time and is expected to take a player six or eight hours to complete.
1: And a lot of, a lot of people say it that's fairly accurate. Like they, they were able to finish it around like seven, seven and a half hours. Um, you know, some more, uh, longer, shorter, but that, I'm going to write
0: life. this. I'm going to add this to like a wish
1: list or something. I'm to, gotta... um, like I said, that that's a that's been a lot of stuff. People were just on either side of of how good it was. Sounds interesting. Um, sticking with my alley, best debut indie game. Uh, also went to Kenya Bridge of Spirits. Um, others nominated were Sable, Offerless Escape, Forgotten City, and Valheim, um, which I know absolutely nothing about.
0: Oh wow! Twelve minutes just came out like this month. December 7th. Oh, it was August on Xbox and December for every other system. Okay. It's also on Switch. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, best debut indie game. Okay. Oh, from a new studio. Okay. So they made... Uh, that's yeah. interesting. Um, okay. What else do we have? We have uh, best mobile game, which was Jensen Impact. It beat League of Legends, Pokemon Unite, Marvel, Future, Revolution, and Fantasian. Best Community Support, Final Fantasy XIV again. Beat Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Fortnite, No Man's Sky. Best VR and AR game was Resident Evil 4. It beat Sniper Elite, Lone Echo, I Expect You to Die 2, and Hitman 3.
1: Innovation and accessibility, software or hardware that's pushing the medium forward by adding features, technology, and content to help games be played and enjoyed by even wider audits. Forza Horizon 5, which I will say, um, this is something that is, I guess, over the last year or so, has been, publishers and studios have been doing a lot better about making games accessible for various different people. In um, some of these games, the accessibility uh, options that they have for people who need them are great. And honestly, I'm just glad that there's. it opens a game to a wider audience that means more people can play these games.
0: Yeah, definitely. Best, well, we best had, Action Game. Yeah, Best Action Game, uh, which is a game primarily focused on combat. Uh, and it was Returnal, surprise win. Over, I would say, I would say, surprise, win over like Deathloop because that was nominated for Game of the Year. You have Returnal, who wasn't ending up winning Best Action Game. Uh,
1: that's another one that is kind of, it's a PS5 exclusive. I've heard various things about it. Some people really liked it. Some people didn't. Uh, One of the biggest things that people didn't like that was just recently fixed was the fact that uh, for a while. the, the the loop that you play on uh, can take like an hour or two, and there was no way to like pause it or save it in the middle.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: best action adventure game, best action adventure game combining combat with traversal and public uh, puzzle solving. Metroid Dread, uh, as far as I've played Metroid Dread, and I mean, come on, it it has its own type of game named after the Metroidvania, so. I don't know how you're gonna win a a game an action adventure game um when metroid is in it when it's basically has its own kind of game named after it
0: yeah it was up against guardians of the galaxy ratchet and clank resident evil village and psychonauts 2. best rpg so best game designed with rich player character customization progression Cyberpunk 2077, Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei 5, and Tales of Arise, which is the game that had won. I'm not familiar with Tales of Arise, so I'm not sure much on that one.
1: The only one I have played is Cyberpunk.
0: Right, yeah. We had Best Fighting Game around head-to-head combat. Guilty Gear Strive was the winner. Not familiar with that one, but also nominated Nickelodeon All-Star (laughs) Brawl.
1: The the only one I know of in that list is uh, Virtual Fighter. And I thought they quit making making Virtual Fighter games like 10 years ago. Guess not. I was wrong. (laughs) Uh, Best Family Game. Appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform.
0: Not a big surprise. It takes two is the winner of this. If it's game of the year, it should win its category as well. So, um, makes sense. It was up against Mario Party, New Pokemon Snap, Super Mario 3D World, and WarioWare. So it went up against four Nintendo games in one.
1: Pretty in big. all fairness, like if you're if you're gonna ask me like who would make a bet the best fan the game, I would imagine it would be uh, something. From or on a Nintendo platform.
0: Yes, exactly. So it's surprising. It was able to beat four of those. Best sports and racing game,
1: Forza Horizon 5. That doesn't surprise me considering uh, FIFA is kind of, people are kind of getting a little frustrated with FIFA, Mm -hmm. uh, especially when it comes to Ultimate Team. But Forza Horizon 5, might be a racing or driving game that can actually win game of the year in a lot of people's uh or a lot of these media companies that do it's their polls and things. So for the Forza Horizon games are supposed to be spectacular. Mm-hmm. I may yeah. check that one out, but I don't know.
0: Best sim and strategy game Age of Empires four. Which not shocking to me. Um I haven't played that one. I've played Age of Empires 3 I think at a friend's house a while ago. Um or maybe it was Age of Empires 2. But um uh you know it's it's a simulation game, real-time strategy type game. It's uh not a shock that that would win. Um after I think a lengthy like it wasn't they weren't really making any new Age of Empire games this kind this game came out of nowhere really and I think revitalized as in, there you go, wins Best Sim Strategy.
1: Best multiplayer. Outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massive multiplayer experiences, irrespective of genre or platform. Uh, once again, it takes two. Um, Back for Blood was also nominated, which I thought about getting, because um, I, re- I remember the old Left 4 Dead, so those were pretty good. I've heard a lot of good things about Knockout City. Um I've heard Knockout City is really, really good. Um, and it's supposed to be really fun.
0: So is um, is back is back for Blood a Left for Dead
1: revitalizing? It is from the people who made the original Left for Dead. Okay. Um, Valve owns the IP and and the the, the copyright on Left for Dead, but it's from a lot of the same original people who made it. So that's why it's called Back for Blood. It's it's what they call a spiritual successor. Um,
0: Okay. Yeah, so let's skip the content creator ones and all that kind of stuff. Well, let's go to the most anticipated so we can kind of also talk about some of these reveals too. Um, And plus, I don't know any of these people. So most anticipated game. um, Recognizing an announced game that has demonstrably illustrated potential to push the gaming medium forward. Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, the su- sequel of Legend of the Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Starfield. And Elden Ring So, the one that wins. This is what the one that's uh, co-written by George R.R. R. Martin. And it's from the people
1: who make the Dark Souls games. Yes, I'm not a big Dark Souls guy. so I'm not either. I know some gameplay came out from it. Uh, apparently it was... People are enjoying whatever like uh, gameplay they've seen and played of it. Um, I guess it came out George R. R. Martin said he did his piece uh, writing this a long time ago. He's been done with it for a couple of years. So anybody who hears this and is wondering where his other books from the Game of Thrones series are. Um, it's not like he was doing this now instead. Um, he's done, been No,
0: but he was while. doing that. You know, still like. Instead of the books,
1: <laughs> sure, I Game of Thrones isn't my thing, I should check it out, but I haven't. Um, and honestly, I could have seen any of these winning because if, like, if they would have dropped like this massive trailer and a release date for any of these things, uh, with the exception of Starfield, because Starfield actually already has an actual release date, um, as well as Horizon Forbidden West, they have. At least for now, set release dates. Um, but if they would have dropped like a trailer with gameplay footage for any of these, um, I think the internet would have gone crazy.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Especially,
1: I'd say it, especially uh, the Breath of the Wild sequel. Even yeah, if they would just name. put up like a teaser and like the name of the sequel, like people would have lost their minds.
0: Yeah. It's a shame we didn't get that. But what we did get. We got some uh, some big reveals. We got, as I talked about last week, Star Wars Eclipse, which is developed by Quantic Dream, who made Detroit become human and Heavy Rain, two of my favorite games. Um, set in the High Republic era, it is going to have multiple playable characters and a branching story, though this is one of the ones that is still in early development and it could be three to four years away. Um but I thought the cinematic for this was fantastic and hopefully it delivers. But uh, just having more Star Wars games, you know, EA had an exclusive license for like 10 years and made Fallen Order and two
1: Battlefronts. <laughs> That's it. Now, in all fairness, there was other stuff that was canceled. Um, there was a yeah. Battlefront 3, there was a game from Amy Hennig, I think.
0: Yes, there was. Yeah, it was supposed to be an Uncharted type game. With yeah. uh, like a smuggler type character that uh, went, yeah, it got canceled. But that, I think that just shows that EA has no idea what they're doing with the license. So you know, the license is no longer exclusive anymore, which is why we're getting this Knights of the Old Republic remake, which is why we're getting this. Um, so thankfully Disney is not making this exclusive with EA anymore, and we can get different companies making different games because I liked Fallen Order and I liked Battlefront, but it, they only released like 3 games during your 10-year exclusive window based around Star Wars when you probably had like I mean they also released Squadrons, but I'm pretty sure it was used with the that was made with the Battlefront engine. But I mean, it was a short game, I think. But um y- you know, they should have been giving almost every one of their studios a Star Wars game and uh You know, they had at least one or two canceled. And that's the frustrating thing when they announce this stuff so far ahead of time and then it ends up getting canceled. So while I'm really excited about this game, I'm just holding my breath Uh, because, you know, Star Wars itself has not had a great track record with the movies even getting announced and getting canceled and stuff. So I'm holding out hope that this um, actually happens.
1: Uh, for me, the one I'm probably most excited about, um, Wonder Woman.
0: Yes. That was um, the next one I was going to talk about.
1: I think, uh, I haven't seen, uh, 1984 yet, but, uh, over this year, I finally saw the original Wonder Woman movie that came out a couple years ago. I uh, thought it was great. Um, doesn't help that it doesn't take much to fall in love with Gal Gadot. Mm-hmm. Um, I also watched her movie that was on Netflix and I thought it was better than people we're saying, but it's uh, another topic. Um, I, I like the idea of a Wonder Woman game. Uh, the te- the people who made Middle Earth: Shadow of Mordor, uh, Monolith Productions, are making it. Uh, it's supposed to be a third person action game that will use their Nemesis system that they have. Copied that
0: makes with. me very excited. That makes me very. I haven't. I I own the Shadow of Mordor games. I haven't played them yet. They're one of the ones that I can't fit on my hard drive right now. <laughs> But, um, you know, I know about the nemes- nemes- nemesis system, which is, you know, for people that don't know, um, if you were to, like, defeat a villain or they somehow come back, you know, like, they're not actually dead or whatever at times, and 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 they'll kind of go up against you a few times. And it assigns, like, random names to some of these, like, in, in the Mortar games, like, to an orc or to... You know, and they could get promoted up to like captain of their command now because you took out some of the other captains and now they're promoted and they have a vendetta against you. And I think this could work really well with like a Wonder Woman game.
1: And they keep scars and various yeah. things and they remember you. It's it, it it apparently a lot of people who've played those games said the nemesis system could have been like the next big thing in gaming, and people wondered why for a while it was never used. But then we found out—I want to say earlier this year, or last year—that Warner Brothers and Monolith trademarked it. Um, yeah, they put a patent
0: so, for it too. Put a yeah. Patent on it,
1: rather. Yeah. So they're the only ones who can use it, um, unless someone wants to pay a ridiculous amount of money, and I don't think they will. Um, so, but I, I think I think uh, Wonder Woman has potential to do a lot of different things.
0: Same. I think you can even use this same thing for like a Superman game because that would make Superman a little bit you know people always say Superman be too difficult to do because of his powers and stuff and his super strength and how much of a steamroll it would be for him. But Wonder Woman has a lot of the same things. Now of course she's going to be apparently this is taking place mostly in Themyscira so she'd be up against people that are kind of similar in power to her. Um, But if you were to give you know Superman some more like aliens and stuff to face and not just regular uh, people to beat up on, then it could probably work the same way. Uh, Alan Wake 2 was announced, um, which I know a lot of people really liked the first one. This is going to be a survival horror game. It's been 10 years since the last Alan Wake. They did for Alan Wake as well that you can play on PS4 and Xbox One, I guess. I'm not sure. Yeah, Maybe just PS4.
1: Uh, I know the same people who make this make Control. So part of one of the DLCs for Control actually had some things kind of connected to the Alan Wake universe in it, apparently. So Hmm. it was one of those people kind of knew or felt it was coming. It was just a matter of when Mm -hmm. it was going to be announced. Yeah, I
0: thought I've heard rumors about it for a while.
1: Um, We weren't sure, but especially when they did the re-release for Alan Wake and apparently that got some pretty good reviews and things uh that's one of those that like I said we knew it was coming we just weren't wasn't sure when the announcement was gonna excuse me kind of going to come and we have it now um never played the first one I'm not really I may check it out but I'm not really sure um, I know my cousin
0: loved it when it you know a while ago I know he was big on it
1: so uh, I no, do want to uh, give it a try another one i might be interested in uh another trailer and i guess some gameplay from hellblade 2 senuous saga uh came out um and this apparently looks phenomenal um haven't tried the original hellblade i may try it apparently it's not a very long game but when i looked it up it got some really great reviews so i don't know how i missed it um
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's this an one, Xbox exclusive, so... Yeah, this one looks... Okay, I guess. Um, Another... Uh, they announced Sonic Frontiers. That one looks like Sonic in, like, an actual... Like, he's in an open world, apparently. Um, and it looks more like the real world. Like, it looks... You know, like, very high depth, High-def, like... Graphics and stuff. Um they showed Lord of the Rings Gollum which I'm just not sure did you see this? I'm not sure how this is I, going to be. It's a stealth based game, but how much can you really base around Gollum? I, I think this will be a big stretch. I, I I don't see this being a big game at all.
1: And I I just have to be curious when it's going to be set. Um because Tolkien uh the the Tokens estate and everything do control, uh, rightfully so. Um, They're they're very, not controlling, but they're very strict on uh, things that that involve his universe there. So they're not going to just let, you know, just kind of like how Disney is with Star Wars and the canon, they don't want people just making random things that kind of confuse the canon or whatever. So I get that. Once again, not knocking that at all. But as far as... uh, as far as the whole Gollum and Schmeagol thing, like that, that's kind of set as far as what happened in the world of the Hobbit and, and those, those books. So where do you go from there? You know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, and I think the design of Gollum looks really weird too.
1: Um, suicide, suicide squad, kill the justice. Um, from rocksteady, the same people who make the Arkham series of Batman games. Mm-hmm. Um, which I love the Batman games. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Yeah, this
0: takes place in the same universe as the Arkham games. Um, yeah, I'll probably wait for reviews for this one. I do think there's part of it that looks good. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. And then we had, uh, we also had Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is going to be made by the people that made Friday the 13th game. So, just a short teaser trailer of that was released. And we got this thing that I was like, what the hell am I watching? And I don't think I'm going to play this game. It's called Slitherhead. Uh, Slitherhead?
1: Yeah, from people uh, from the Silent Hill creator.
0: Yeah, no uh, thanks.
1: Um it the, the the video is actually age restricted. You can only watch it on YouTube because it has to verify that you were over eighteen. Um I'm not really into horror games much. I enjoy horror movies, but I don't really do horror games. But if this is your thing, sure, why not? Um Uh Final Fantasy Seven remake coming to PC. I'm not into Final Fantasy games, but um, a lot of people are, so sure, rock on.
0: Uh, Star Trek Resurgence is a third-person choice-driven game set in the Star Trek universe coming in 2022 from Dramatic Labs, which is a studio made up of Telltale Games veterans from when that studio shut down. Though Telltale Games is now also got bought by somebody else and got revitalized. so uh, But some of their vets went over and made... Uh, Dramatic Labs, and uh, they're working on a Star Trek game. Well, Telltale is making an Expanse video game based off of the um, Amazon Prime series, the Expanse, and also the book series. It's developed by Telltale Games and also with Deck Nine, who created Life is Strange True Colors.
1: Dune, Spice Wars, real-time strategy uh, game um honestly i don't do rts games much i did command and conquer way back in the day um i did a little bit and i can do a little bit of uh Advance wars because that was kind of cool for me um but rts games really just aren't my thing and then not really into dune but apparently the movie this year was a lot better received than people thought so sure
0: I like real-time strategy games, but I haven't seen Dune, so I'm not sure if I would pick this this one up. We got a Sonic the Hedgehog 2 trailer for the movie. We got a Halo trailer for the TV show. That's coming to Paramount+. Plus. Did you get to see that at all?
1: It looks uh, pretty I, good. I didn't. I should watch it, but at the same time, like they've been trying to make a Master Chief movie or TV show for 16. 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. Since well, 20, since Halo Combat Evolved came out, um, it could go either way. Uh, I think it's coming on Amazon. I think, or no, was it Paramount Plus? Paramount Plus. Yeah. Um, the one good thing is you know they'll give it a budget. They're gonna try and make it. They're gonna try and make it as big of a series as they can. So I don't think, I don't think it'll be as bad as it could have been like 15 years ago. Um. And especially now that you do have, they've shown The Witcher. You know, did pretty well on Netflix. The Last of Us is coming to HBO, so um, maybe like a, a limited series type thing is a better better than a movie for some of these video game things.
0: Yeah, I mean, I saw the trailer for it, and I, you know, this has been in kind of development hell for a while. But I think it. I mean, it looks like it has a budget. It looks huge. Like it. It. It was originally going to be on showtime i think originally um yeah, and it got like moved five or 10 years ago yeah or yeah like. but i think they've had the rights for it this whole time and they were kept developing it for showtime and then i uh, you know showtime is also owned by the people that own paramount plus and cbs viacom stuff so uh, i think they just wanted to move it to their subscription service but i mean it looks it looks great from what i was able to see of it and you know the master chief suit looks great um so we'll see how it goes. I'll definitely watch it when it comes out.
1: Uh, an expansion uh, for Cuphead. Um, supposed to, The DLC is available June 30th, 2022 on whatever you can buy Cuphead on which is just about everything. Um, never played Cuphead. It's probably one of the few indie games that I've looked at that I've thought about playing but just never got around to. Um, looks fun. Uh, does I've heard there is a difficulty spike somewhere in there, but if you can get through it, people really seem to enjoy it. Uh, the original Cuphead did get a lot of good reviews, so you never know.
0: Jeez, yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's most of the big stuff, right? I mean, I, I'm looking at some of this list, and I'm not really sure on uh, I think Nightingale looked weird.
1: Honestly, the biggest thing and the best thing so far – i haven't seen it but i've heard nothing but phenomenal things about it is the matrix and unreal five
0: yes i played a little bit of that uh so i mean it's not really you know for people that don't know it's not really a game it is just like kind of a tech demo of what can be done here and i mean it is impressive with what they can do in unreal engine five and uh what i would really like is for them to i think i said this last week to make a matrix game with this new movie coming out but to um you can make something in Unreal Engine Five like this. You have the basis around it, and now you can. I mean, some of the stuff looked like Uncanny Valley at times, where you know you're like, you know, they they played a scene from The Matrix, but it was with the CG models, and it was very tough to tell if it was the models or the real actors. You know, and they had Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss in it. Uh, at the beginning you know showing everything off and then you kind of get a chance to just run around the city afterwards and kind of do whatever you want and drive around in a car like i took a car i drove around i crashed in it and it felt like a real like it felt like it actually had like impact with the crash like it, it just was pretty amazing with that um but, uh after that, I went and played an actual game, you know, after that because you can only do so much of the you know, in just wandering around a city type kind of thing. Of but yeah. it looks really great graphically.
1: That's what I've heard. Um, like I said, to to me, there wasn't a lot to be excited about during this. Part of it is just my preferences on things. Part of it, I think, honestly might have to do with just uh, still being in the pandemic and kind of people don't really want to make these massive announcements or or anything right now. Um I heard there were supposed to be one or two other things that got pulled at the last minute and other stuff got substituted in for it. Uh so um maybe once if we ever kind of come out of this cloud, uh things can change up a little bit.
0: Yeah, I hope so. But uh yeah, I guess that's about it, right? There's uh, not too much else that was really big news or anything. If you, if anybody wants to look up the rest of the stuff that was announced, there's some little stuff. Um, but yeah, looking forward to uh, some of these games coming out and you know, see what I get for Christmas because I asked for a few games and hopefully some money. Maybe I can get some of these games for cheap now. That's the holiday time.
1: But, I think for the next yeah. couple months, between after Christmas sales and gift cards mm-hmm. and sales because of tax season coming up, uh, you should be able to get some stuff pretty cheap if it's yeah. something you've wanted already.
0: Yeah, so I'm looking forward to all of that. And uh, yeah, if you want to give us a follow on Twitter, you can reach us at Pixel Pals VG Pod, and Facebook is at Pixel Pals Pod. And uh, we'll catch you next time. We'll we'll talk some, I guess, just some stuff that we'll figure out in the meantime what we're going to talk about because probably not too much news happening after uh, the Game Awards before we reach, you know, early oh, of next yeah. year. So, yeah, but yeah thanks for uh, listening and have a great rest of your week.